Welcome to Map It Marketing for small business owners who want to become more confident and capable in their marketing. I'm Rachel Claver, and I'm a small business owner just like you. I've learned that there are so many different things that we are supposed to do all the time. And trying to work it all out is quite frankly often very confusing. In this podcast, we're going to explore what those things are and whether you need to pay attention to them. Ready? Let's get started. Welcome to episode 12 of Map It Marketing. The demand for our attention is growing every day, so how do we stand out in a crowd of voices? Today, I'm so excited to introduce you Lisa from Curvature Clothing, whose Instagram stories are often one of my ways to time waste, or as I like to call it, research. But first, I'd like to invite you to our Facebook group, Map It Marketing. It's free, and it's made for small business owners who want help, support, and insight about their marketing. And it happens to be one of my favorite places of the internet. Just search Map It Marketing and Facebook. One of the activities I ask many of our clients to do is Instagram stories. This is for a few reasons. First, it's a great way to build a deeper relationship with your existing audience, so that's important. It's an easy place to sell your services or product because you can talk in detail and show things and describe things to make it feel a bit more human to human. And, And this is my key selling point. If it's not very good, it disappears after 24 hours. We call this ephemeral content, and it means that things aren't there anymore after that 24-hour period. No matter how good or bad it is, it is gone. So however, our guest today makes stories I wish I could keep because I adore them. I was already invested in her brand, Curvature Clothing, because she does what I ask so many people to do. When she's talking to you, she's talking, it feels like you're right in the room with you. In fact, I've been using her stories, much to her embarrassment, in my Mappet events, uh, which I run across New Zealand, and we have online as well, Mappet Express, if you want to check it out on Eventbrite. Enough for the sales pitch, Rachel. She involves people in the design process and she talks through the options so that when people are ready to buy from her, it's all ready to go. And she's just started doing a system where she's making everything to order and pre-ordering ranges to walk through that. This started with her series around her plaid range. She hates the word plaid, so she renamed it Plaidelaide, which I thought was hilarious. And she created a series around bizarre Adelaide crimes that really caught my attention to the point where I was making my entire family stop, watch, and read along with me because I thought they were so cool. And then we'd get on Google and check to make sure that everything she said was accurate. Man, it was wacky. Now, I promise she hasn't been telling stories out of school, but Lisa did used to work in a prison, and now she works in fashion. (laughs) She got so fed up with not loving anything that was available for her to wear that she set up creating an option for women who felt the same way. Curvature clothing is slow fashion and it's 100% made to order and I love what she does. So let's get ready to listen to Lisa and find out from her exactly how to get those stories connected and what she does to tell those stories and why she's sharing more than just about her products. Hey and welcome so much to um, episode 12 and we've got today we've got Lisa from Curvature Clothing and I'm so excited to welcome her today. But before we get her to talk to you about her and what she does, and I get to ask her lots of questions because I'm a deeply curious person, 
Or some people might say a deeply nosy person. I was once called the bus meerkat because I like to eavesdrop on everybody else's messages and conversations. But I do want to thank you, the listeners, for tuning in. I love the fact that you give me feedback and tell me what you're learning. And this is definitely a podcast that those of you that have blocks around Instagram stories and showing up on video and doing those things and showing up as yourself, this is the podcast for you. Because Lisa, she is deeply embarrassed and I'm saying this but I her stories are one of my favorite parts of the internet at the moment I just love them she thinks it's super weird she's if, if you, you can't see the video if you're watching YouTube but she's like oh my gosh she is actually a crazy lady maybe I need to get off of here right now <laughs> but Lisa do you want to tell us a little bit about welcome and do you want to tell Thank us you. a little bit about you and curvature and how it all started sure so <clears throat> My name is Lisa and um, <laughs> I live in Adelaide, South Australia and um, prior to that I spent 10 years living in Alice Springs in the Northern Territory and it was there that kind of the seed of curvature started um, just because I was like I um, I got on Instagram for the first time. I was very late to the party and I started seeing all this amazing clothes and fashion and um, things that would not fit any part of me and I just got more and more frustrated than I already had as a plus-size woman. And so I just thought, well, I want to kind of do something about this. <laughs> and um yeah, have a crack at trying to make those things that I'm loving but make it more accessible so um then yeah so that's kind of how it all came to be and I was working in community services I worked in drug and alcohol and domestic violence for a long time mm. um I was working in the prison in Alice doing prisoner employment and so I'd kind of spend my days daydreaming out the window in prison about plus size fashion and um yeah and so I just like loads and loads of research like years of research to get it off the ground like I I took my time do you are you trained as a fashion designer no no it's interesting I've actually worked with a couple of other people in their businesses who are not trained as fashion designers but are really finding a lot of success but it's because they took a lot they, they've done a similar path to you where they've thought a long time about what they want and so yeah. they're creating stuff that they love yeah which I think is cool yeah I mean I I found um I knew that I was never going to be able to uh get it done and launch and start the business in in Alice because it's so remote so we moved down to Adelaide which is home for me and then I kind of set about finding the right people to help me design and found an amazing woman who's trained in like Italian couture and so she's been my mentor been mm. amazing it all just kind of fell into place yeah uh, so I mean I I said it in the intro I talked about how um we're going, we're going to talk about later that I I became I was watching you and following you for quite a long time anyway I often find that one of the things I love about Instagram and stories is that 
I find people like you often by other people will at you, discover you or other people like you in their stories. And I go, oh, and then I go and watch and look and go, oh, yeah, that looks like a bit of me. And then I'll follow that. And I'm a really long lead follower person. Like um, I was talking at, there's another company in Queensland called Zark, which sell white linen linen and linen. And I wanted a linen shirt. And I I tell the story quite often about how I went to their site and I added to cart about 50 times before I bought one. And it was stories. And it's the same with yours. I haven't bought anything from you yet, but I have added to cart about eight or nine times. And those stories keep me in. They keep on reminding me. So those stories are really important for people like me to remember to buy from you. (laughs) So um, tell me now before... (laughs) The reason that I wanted to talk to you about uh, around this was around the whole platelet thing. But before oh, we do that, you've gone from being an employee to being yeah. self-employed. What are some things that you were surprised about, either pleasantly or not so? And have there been some struggles around that for you? Um, you know, the biggest thing for me is that it's really lonely. Mm. It's really lonely work. And so when, you know, when you say to me about, you know, watching my stories, that's why it's surreal to think that, you know, there's this audience who, who are loving these stories because I work in such, um, uh, it, it's just me, you know. It's insular. It's so insular. Um, but so that that's one thing that um, it can be really lonely. Uh, and I have kept working casually. Like I still work in community services like one, one shift a week. <laughs> and that's like that's just been more as a social outlet and to be because I I realise that I am very much a team player and I love working in a team. And so I've kept working even that tiny amount to still have that sense of um, working in a team and also, you know, working in something um, away from fashion I think has been really good for me. It also Um, probably reminds you exactly why you wanted to have your own business. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Yep, yep. When you're trying um, to get something over the line, you're like, this is my business. I would have decided this last Friday. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, that's probably uh, the biggest thing. But I think in saying that too, like I've also um, made an effort to kind of, uh, you know, reach out to other women who are who are doing the same thing so I've got this small little group of friends who are all doing online have their own online businesses and we catch up once a month and I can't tell you how good that is because we all you know work so autonomously but in the same space and just to be able to catch up for breakfast that goes for five hours and just debrief about you know living on Instagram and all those kind of things yeah it is I think that I feel good now but I think for a long time I felt very isolated and I think for me too I I had a team I've got a team now but most of it's my family so it's a bit different there's other and we're remote so we're connecting in but I realized that for me I find like you can, because you can come on an Instagram story and share things on Instagram and quite a lot of things, but there are things that you can't share on Instagram. You can share it later on, but like if you're having like a big, oh my gosh, my customers are so freaking annoying today, which wouldn't often happen, but sometimes it happens. Yeah. 
sometimes you just want a place where you can kind of offload and have someone saying, yeah, I know that happens to me too. Yeah. And it's hard to find those places when you're self-employed, you know. Um, for the record, uh, Lisa and I never have annoying customers. No, never. Never. But um, it could yeah. be anything, right, like a supplier Absolutely. or something. Sometimes it's not like you want to, it's not necessarily like a bitch and moan place, but it's just feeling like there's someone else who's been through that or talking about it. Because I know that a few times that I have done that, like I, I had a um, I had a negative uh, feedback of, of, of a webinar. So it's a free one. And they complained that it wasn't long enough for the free webinar. And I, I, I was having a bit of a bad day. And so I had a bit of a meltdown about it in my, fa- in my Facebook group. And it was great. But um, I'm still getting like comments on there. And I, that was a week ago. And I'm over it. And I was like, damn, I should have just remembered not to do that. And to just do that with my little group of people, even though I love the comments and the support, yeah. having that little space, but sometimes it's hard as a business owner. I yeah, think. yeah. It's isolating. I agree with you. It is. It's, it's worse yeah. than being in Alice Springs. Yeah. <laughs> in terms yeah. of isolation, you know? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, That that's, um, I think that's probably the biggest takeaway for me working for myself but you know I I get that for some people that wouldn't be an issue because you know they're all right with that but me it's taken this for me to realize how much um working in a team and working around people and bouncing ideas off people that's how I work the best so that's why I think I put a lot of questions out on my mm. socials like, what do you think about this? Do you like polka dots? What colour polka dots do you like? You know, like I, um, yeah, yeah. But so because one of the things you did, um, you had, this is the one I got very close to buying actually was the chul, like the polka dotted chul because oh, I was like, yeah. oh, that's a bit of me. But that chul, like I remember you went through this process and you're like, oh, this one, but look, it's, and I think you said like, it's shit. I've washed it. It's shit. We're not oh, doing yes. that one. But all that process, you know, and so you find a new one, you're doing it because you want that feedback loop. And then, but I'm looking at it and going, oh my God, she totally like gets how to do Instagram. Yeah, right. Wow. <laughs> Dan, you know, okay, well, I'll just cross out questions seven to eight because I'm not. Okay. Yeah. What I've got you on for is about the Platelade series. But before oh, yeah. we do that, I, I before we were talking, I went, oh, I need to talk to you about something. I went, oh, wait to the podcast. And I want to talk to you about a recent story you did because this is one that I did actually literally get everyone in the family to stop at the table. And I got my phone and got it. And I was crying with laughter yeah. as I read the story. I don't even know if you know what it was about. No. But you were in a flat in London. Oh, yes. Yeah, isn't that the most ridiculous story? Okay, I still- see, I feel you need to tell everyone the story because because the problem with stories, Instagram stories, is that they're called ephemeral content. They disappear after 24 hours. Oh, no, and like, they're yeah. goody there. Like, you could have, like, maybe in your saved stories, like, that story. Um, yeah. or in, in But that's the problem with it, right? They're gone. Yeah. Um, so, but what you could do, just, I'm just going to give you some advice here. What you yes, could do with me. that story is if it's if it's shorter than a minute, download those as saved store, as stories onto your phone and stitch them together and turn that into a reel or put it on TikTok like that. Oh. Because you can yes. repurpose that story. Just download them and click them together because it'll just tell it straight away and then you can use it on TikTok as a uh, Yeah. I, um... I know there's been a couple of those like completely random, irrelevant to fashion stories that I've done and um, <clears throat> I haven't, I saved them to a highlight, but they are saved on my phone. So you could do that. You could turn it into yeah. a video. 
Yeah, and then I did like a ghosty story this week, which I actually created a highlight for, and I've put it there because, <gasps> yeah. Cool, because anyway. I've missed it. Okay, so let's go back. Okay, all right. The story in London. Tell okay. the story, and we can have it permanently on the podcast. Okay. Um, so I lived in London when I was in my 20s, and I lived in, you know, like a typical kind of two-up, two-down, Aussies, Kiwis, South Africans that, you know, as we do. 72 and people in the house. Yes, absolutely. Yes. Um, and it was four bedrooms, and there were like, you know, 32 people living there, all those kind of things. Anyway, we had this front loader washing machine that was under the sink in the kitchen. And um, anyway, it stopped working. And so I was the person who was the contact for the, uh, it wasn't through a real estate, it was the landlord dealt with us directly. And he was that real slumlord, like he owned quite a few properties and had all of us Antipodeans living in them. Anyway, so it was my job to be that, um, uh, what's the word? Better between. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyway, so the washing machine packed up and I'd called him. He came out to the house, had a look, said it's, you know, it's all good to go, no worries. So then after a, a couple of days it was still no good. So I rung him again and just said, you know, this is a problem. There's loads of us living in this house. You need to come mm-hmm. fix it. So he took it away and he took it to a shop to get fixed. And then I didn't hear from him for a couple of days and then he rung me and had this real attitude on the phone and was like, you know, I don't know what you guys are doing in that house, but we have opened up the machine, pulled the drum out, and it is full of potatoes. And um, I was kind of taken back on the phone and I clarified, like, do you mean as in like the vegetable potatoes? And he's like, yes, it's full of baby potatoes. Anyway, that that's the story and it's the most random thing that has ever happened to me and I still, like, I, I do still think about it and I think, like I said in that um, Insta story, like probably about every 12 months I'll remember it and then I'll research potatoes growing in a washing machine and I can't find it. It is a mystery to and me. And it is hilarious but the other reason I like this and, and you probably don't, I don't know if you know if you meet to do this, but when you shot this story, you're talking, I had the washing machine and you had the me. washing machine in the background, <laughs> and I was just like, "This is just, I don't know. There's something magic about this. Like, there's just something that's so hilarious about this." Yeah. Um, okay, so I need to talk to you about a word, mm. and the word is plaid. Oh yes, please don't tell me about how you feel about that word. Disgusting. Yeah. Like you know how some people have issues with words, like moist. So- Yes, and I've noticed that a lot of people have an issue with the word jab. Oh. Yeah, so that's that's kind of become the new moist. So, you know, and I, and I often hear on the radio when they're talking about the vaccination, they're using jab instead. Anyway, I don't have an issue with. <laughs> maybe it's because it sounds so violent, you know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but I, I, I just, I cannot stand that word P-L-A-I-D. So, um. And also, I didn't know how to pronounce it. I yeah, thought it would be played. Yeah, played. Um, so I was gonna, yeah, release this dress or this dress actually. So yes, I love that dress. Right. It's a lovely. It's, it's a tartany plaidy yeah. thing. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. And um, 
anyway. And then I was going to call it like intersectional coloured squares. I quite liked inter- intersectional coloured squares. <laughs> I, I was watching all the process of that and I thought it was quite cool too because you're size inclusive. So then yeah. I was feeling like, well, this is kind of good because it's size inclusive. We're now gender inclusive because we're getting that intersectional in there. I yeah. felt like it fit your brand a little bit, but it was quite long. Yes, it is. Then I was going to shorten it to an acronym and then it just, you know, it just got to be ridiculous. But you went through this process in your stories. Like yes, that's what I, I want you to understand is you talked through this process of your roadblock against this terrible, awful name Yeah, that is a swear word in your head. Yes. And then you talk through over a period of a week, like several different options. And you're like, what about this? And how about this? And I'm thinking about this. And you're, you're articulating it every day. Yeah. Yes. And then, <laughs> and then um, somebody from Adelaide messaged me and said, why don't you just call them Radelaide? Because rad rhymes with plaid. And I was like, yes, what a great idea. I can pay homage to, you know, my hometown. And then um, I just went off on a tangent. Yeah, and then what you did, What did you do after that? <laughs> well, it started with Big Bird from Sesame Street because um, what happened was, so as I was getting ready to release them, there was this, it was school holidays and um, uh, Sesame Street had this big circus extravaganza in the city. And one night... Um, Can I just the, yeah, yeah. I don't actually think I ever thought I'd be discussing Sesame Street on this podcast. So I just want to say thank you, Lisa, because this That's is the okay. best ever. Okay. If, if I think you're good in 15 second increments, you're way better in long form. <laughs> right, let's get back to Sesame Street and the super extravaganza. All right. Okay. Right. So anyway, so there's this circus going on in the city, right? And um, anyway, we woke up to the news one morning that the Big Bird costume had been stolen. Now, this costume is worth like 170 grand. It's made oh of God. ostrich feathers. And the bit that I love the most is that there was no footage of how it had been stolen, but there were feathers scattered down the road. <laughs> On the road that where it had been stolen. Oh, I loved it. Anyway, so um, I shared. Uh, so that went on for a couple of days, and then they returned the costume Ooh. and they left a note. Oh, and the note was genius. It was like, "We're really sorry, but we had a really good time with him. He wasn't harmed, um, and sorry for being a burden." But spelt B I R D E N R. It was just magical and um anyway and so then I just shared it in my stories about this bizarre Adelaide thing that had happened and you know drawing a very long bow between Adelaide, Radelaide, Plaid, I've got a dress that's going to launch in a couple of weeks. It worked though like it totally worked I was like this is this is genius This is genius because the thing is that with Instagram stories, you know, you have to get people to to watch or yeah, listen. Yeah. And so I'm just like, I'm sold, baby. Like you just keep on talking because I just want to get to the next bit. And so you're getting these views. And then when you're doing that, Insta- Instagram and Facebook are going, wow, these people are watching every bit of the story. So this yeah. person's great. And then they'll help your organic. So yeah, you're yeah. using this tool in exactly the way you're meant to be using it. Yeah, right. That's and what I love is you're going, really? I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'm just there. What I'm is the magic of Lisa? 
just talking shit about things I like. Yeah, and then it's, it's just great. kind of like, yeah, and then it just went from one extreme to the other and then I just, uh, yeah, so then I don't know. Well, you, you, saw, like, um, you had the guy that was like a secretly a spy. That's the one I read out of my family. Man. Oh, that was I, Every day I oh am waiting gosh. for those DNA results. Yes, that was yet. fascinating to me. There was the murder. Um, there was another murder that I saw. There was another crime. And I was just like, this is awesome. So those are, that's what I got really like. I have to get my family in on these because my, my my kids also love you know the hist- history buffs. And so you're taking oh, yeah. me back in the history of Adelaide. And I love that. I love that we were getting these historical stories coming through too. So I thought I thought it was genius. Yeah, thank you. Um, And I do think that one of the things I tell people and the reason I share your stories to people is that I do feel like, you know, we said before when we were talking at the beginning of the podcast before that, you said, you know, I feel like I'm in my room just talking and it's really weird that people are relating to it. Yeah. But I feel like you are talking to me. Like I don't sit there and go, oh, they've put on this weird voice or they've got this, they've got a script. You are literally just pressing. I'm assuming you're doing most of the time you're doing hands-free. Yes, that's all I do. And you're sticking hands free and you're just having a natter and I feel like I'm almost sitting at the table having a cup of tea while you're you're snipping up your dress and working out a pattern and you're chatting to me and I just feel like I'm in your living room or your work room. And that's the magic of what you're doing. Yeah, wow. And that's that's not intentional. I don't put um, thought into doing that. I just... (laughs) Everyone hates you right now for that. (laughs) it's just I don't know and I'm going to be a real wanker and use this term but it just happens organically (laughs) because that's a good question (laughs) I don't I don't have this big marketing strategy like I have I in the beginning I um I paid somebody to kind of give me an individualized um plan on how to go about things but I um I never actually have gone back to that info. So maybe I just kind of absorbed absorbed a lot of what she said. Um, but it's not, yeah, like I guess what I'm trying to say is what you're, what you're saying to me and that, I guess, strategy hasn't been something that I have um, thought this is how I'm going to do it or it's not. Yeah, like it is. It's just, it's just random. It's just whatever I feel like on the day. Oh, yeah, I want to talk about that. It's actually encouraged me because I realised that um, I'm actually really good at the other side, like the structured stuff and things like that, and I have a plan. But what I've been doing since I I booked you, actually, and I started thinking about it, I went, you know, I actually need to start showing up a bit more about my life and my day. And because I think, like, even though you do the stories, like I told a story the other day um, on my Instagram, and it got lots of, of, of... feedback and private messages because I had this really random dream that I was that for some reason I'd bought into this eco living retreat place and I was living there and the guy was touring around and I looked out the window and there's this amazing river like I can still see it so clearly but there were all these cows underwater like gazing up at me like trapped in the sand and then they're just like slowly like running out of, of oxygen and just lay lay down and die and I was like the really weirdest like it was the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. And I was like, does this mean that I'm meant to become vegan? Like, I really oh, like right. steak. Like maybe. And then someone's like, no, it's because of the floods we've had in the South Island. And I was like, ah, oh, that's oh, why I had that dream. But like, that's nothing to do with what I do. Sure. But that's the stuff that people will often comment on. Yeah, I, I like for me personally, I am so, I am really sick 
of watching stories and just being sold stuff yeah. all the time. And um, I know I have a business and I'm trying to sell stuff. <laughs> so but for me, it just kind of gets monotonous, mm. always trying to be sold something. And so um, I guess, yeah, I, j- I just want to break that up. I don't want to be doing that hard sell all the time. It doesn't feel um, like a hard sell. And it's not, it's not interesting. Like I, I want to be able to show people what actually goes on. Like I, I think I'm more interested in showing behind the scenes stuff than finished product stuff. That's why I'm really shit at posting um, like on my wall. I'm useless at doing that. And that's all finished product stuff. I'm more interested in like, you know, this is what's happening today. Yeah. So you could turn that stuff into a little video and put that on your wall. I could, yeah. yeah that, so you could actually, that's what I would recommend you do because yeah. I agree with you. Um, I have a saying, I actually used it um, in the previous one. I, I use it quite a lot actually. In fact, I will send you a little pre- present and you'll get this. I've just made a note. I'm going to give you this on a card. Um, but um, we have a little saying which is called to be a goat in a tree. Yeah. And and I talk about how the, the goats in Morocco, um, they um they have you seen them? The goats that climb up into the trees? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So they just think they're a normal everyday goat. Yeah. Like no one thinks they're special. Oh, they don't yeah. think they're special, but we think they're special. Sure. And so your stuff, you doing that behind the scenes, you're going, I'm just doing my day and talking about it. And we're like, wow. I never thought that you'd have to grade it that way or, wow, I can't, I can see that you've done this or why, you know, that thought process around the colours you're choosing or why you're doing things or, man, I didn't even think that the that the person making my clothes would go and wash the fabric to see how it washes. Oh. You know, like those are the things that make you go, I trust you. Yeah, right. So you're, doing, you're doing everything right. So I was going to ask you, do you have a marketing background? But I think the answer to that is no. No, not at all. Um, <clears throat> I think before I launched, I, uh, you know, you don't know what you don't know. Mm. And so I knew that I knew how important socials were uh, to an online-only brand and so I invested the money with somebody um, from that, you know, with that marketing background and just said, I need help in this area. And, yeah, she wrote me um, this really detailed one-on-one kind of plan on on how to do things well and I think the biggest takeaway from that which is so simple is like to show up and be on socials and do stories and she just said to me that you can't you know if you're going to create this brand you have to show up you have to show your face you have to get over your nervousness about that um because yeah and and it's so true it's so true and, and I see yeah. brands that don't show up and, and don't do stories. Right? Yeah. I My thing at the moment is um, I feel quite comfortable showing like from this up, like I'm, I'm just feeling but sort of like chest up. I'm quite comfortable. I've been trying because I'm plus size and I'm, I'm almost 50. I've been trying to focus on doing more shots where I'm showing more of my body because I yeah. feel like I'm still filtering and allowing a barrier of, oh, what are people going to see me? And I always say, you know, you can't kill a man with your face. Um, you know, you people are going to work out what I look like as soon as I walk in and work with them or whatever. I it's better to just to be who I am and feel comfortable in that skin. Yes. And people will just filter whether they can cope with that or not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so what has been the impact for you? Do you feel like showing up and doing this is 
giving you sales? Do you see that when you're doing those Instagram stories, like the red light and things like that, do, do you think it does build interest that means that people do buy from you? I don't know. Like the, I feel like um, my stories on Insta and all that, I, I feel like there's been a bit of a shift maybe since since these dresses because they're not like you know I did start telling really random unrelated stories and that like I see it on views like it, it's ridiculous compared to you know if I just put up a steal of oh my god I've got so many orders and oh my god I'm <laughs> taking this to the post office you know what I mean <laughs> like, but on those days where I just cannot be asked doing stories I'll put up like yeah. a photo like that. Absolutely like, yeah. <laughs> and of course, why wouldn't you? But it's still yeah. part of it. But, um, yeah, I, I, or even like, you know, a boomerang or something like that. But I, I definitely see, yeah, the the viewers are enormous mm. compared, you know, compared to those those two things. Um, it will and, be making an impact then. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah. And you've moved a little bit towards pre-orders. Like I noticed that, you know, you, used to, you can it's always pre-order anyway, like if you buy something. But you're starting to do a thing now where you're actually releasing a, a range, like the like the Radelaide dress, where yeah. you're going, this is it, I have limited stock yeah. fabric, so this is the day it releases. You're doing more of that now too, aren't you? Yeah, I've never had stock on hand um, because I just don't, you know, as a startup, you've only got a small Risky. budget. So <clears throat> I just don't have the um, the capital to outlay and even have everything pre-made. But um, everything I do is made to order anyway. So it's not the kind of business model where I could have everything ready to go. Um, the thing that I kind of have changed, like it, it's so hard to know um what's going to be popular and what's not going to be popular. And so sometimes I might get, you know, I'll buy loads of fabric on something that I think is going to, you know, be really popular, but then it doesn't it doesn't sell that well. Or, it, you know, the opposite. I might get something that, yeah, it's all right, uh, you know, but it just it sells really well. Yeah, so I can never predict. So what I did... Last time, the last release I did on like this long sleeve winter number is just open up orders and then, but was really transparent is in that I'm not going to order fabric until this window has closed and then I know exactly what kind of meterage I need and then I'm going to order that in. But what it. that means is that you're going to have to wait a bit longer, but people seem willing to do that. People don't mind if it's made for them. Is that that amazing Australian flower fabric? Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's such a nice fabric. It is. It's really beautiful print. Oh, I love it. You do choose nice prints. Um, Actually, I'll, uh, there's a, a friend of mine. I, um, I may have actually found you from her, actually. Her name's Evie Kemp. She's a maximalist in New Zealand. She's yes, a designer. Yeah, she's amazing. Anyway, she did a story. She went to the hairdressers a couple of days ago. And she does really good stories too. And um, she did a story where she'd found this disgusting wig in a shop and she put it over and she said, oh, I wanted a bit of a change. And I was just like, wow, um, it's just really not good. But there was a bit of me that wanted to say, 
Oh, Evie, I just really love your hair. Like, well done for just doing something that's just so what you wanted, you know. Yeah. You know, and then the next slide was, oh, just joking, that was just a wig. And I was like, oh, thank goodness. Anyway, I replied to her and I said, uh, (laughs) I said, oh, my gosh, I'm so pleased because I was like, what the hell is Evie thinking? And I said, but I wouldn't have said anything. And she said, it's amazing how many people actually said to me how much they love the hair. And I said, I totally would have said the same thing. I totally would have said your message. Go, oh, wow, I love it. And she said, how can I ever trust you? And I <laughs> think it's so true. I was thinking like when you go out, like that's the, that is one of the risky things when you're asking people is sometimes people just want to support you and be nice if you've got a strong yeah. fan base. And they'll go, yeah, I'd buy that. Or yeah, I'd love that. They're not going to buy it all. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard. It is. It is really hard. <laughs> it's really hard. Yeah, but I, but I, I think do, that picture, yeah, that fabric you chose, though, winner, I reckon. Yeah, no, that is a beautiful print. Yeah, yeah. is it awesome? Yeah. Um, and so, like, for you and walking through that, what advice would you give people who are fearful of doing Instagram stories or feel free? Oh, I would actually ask, are you using, like, a mirror light or anything like that? Oh, um, do you know I got this really cheap $28 ring light? From Kmart or something like that? I did have a Kmart one that was so shit. Yeah. Um, it just snapped. Okay. So, um, okay. so then um, my partner bought me. Oh. oh yes, I've got one of those. They're on in New Zealand at the moment. We we buy them off a place called Mighty Ape, but I they're amazing because oh, you can it's... move them around. I know. Um, for people who can't see it on the podcast, it's it's got a little clip that you can put on the top of a tabletop or you can put on a shelf, mm-hmm. and then it has two little movable things, and you put one for the phone and one for the ring light, so you can have it moving facing down yeah. or up or around, and they make you look amazing. Yeah, I never used to use um, a light. I reckon maybe towards the end of last year I, I started doing that, yeah. And it's and do you, but besides that, like what advice would you give people who are thinking about it more? Stories. Yes. Who are reluctant. Yeah. Uh, you got to suck it up and just do it. Okay. Well, I thought you were my <laughs> favourite person before this podcast, but now you're officially my favourite person. No, <laughs> I'm hard, serious. Right? Like, yeah. You just, you have to do it because you, um, I think if you're like a one woman show yes. and you're trying to create this brand, you need to connect with the with people and you can only do that through um, them seeing who you are and connecting with who you are. And uh, like those faceless brands, I'm just, I'm not interested. I, w- I would never buy from a faceless brand. I wouldn't either. Yeah, especially a small label like, you know, I think it's a bit different when you're talking about mass-produced sweatshop, um, you know, fast fashion um, that have a really easy returns policy and all that kind of stuff. But if you're talking small label, slow fashion, um, I think a lot of that is built on trust. And if you are not um, making people trust you, how can you expect? How can, you know what I mean? Like it's, I don't know what you mean. it's a no-brainer. You can't. You can't do it. 
And it's a sacrifice, isn't it? Like I think you, because you've been in people jobs, you might be more extroverted than some other people that I talk to in this space. Yeah. But you probably still would have felt like I did, that you almost feel like a narcissistic idiot talking to a camera. Oh, 100%. You know, it's, you get over it, but that first bit is very uncomfortable. Yeah, I remember um, the first story I ever did, I have a deep, deep, deep in the bowels of my photos and I'm, I don't even want to watch it. I came across it the other day and I was too embarrassed sitting by myself to watch it. I was embarrassed for myself. And I remember I just, I had all my, my makeup done because I'd done a photo shoot and I, for the, when I first launched. And so um, uh, I, I remember doing this story and I like had my finger like this because I didn't want like my chin showing. Oh, gosh, so you had it underneath your face like pulling it under. Uh, yeah, I was doing oh, this one. Oh, good. Oh, yeah. So anyway, I'll never watch it, but it, it sits there. Uh, yeah, I but I just. Yeah. You will get better. I think that's the thing. And, and when you first do it, um, most people, you know, most people won't see it. Like a lot of people won't see it. And if that's, they, it disappears right. in 24 hours. Um, I did have a client that I said that to her and I got this really filthy email from her with like, you effing lied, hates that people saw it. But then she said, and five people bought off me. So I was like, well, come on, lady, I told you it would work. Um, but it is it is hard, you know? Yeah, no, 100%. I, I cannot agree more. But, um, yeah, you just got to do it. Get over it. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Just, yeah. I think, my, I think my husband said something like, take a concrete pill. 100%. Hard yeah. Um, I love that. That was so cool. Now, where do people go to get your clothes? And I mean, we, I'm going to put the links in the show notes, but tell us where they come if they want, if they go when. This person, I have to buy clothes off her because seriously, that potato story sold me. Um, so I have a website um, which is curvatureclothing.com.au. Um, and then my handles on Insta is uh, at Curvature Clothing. Yes. And then I think Facebook, but Facebook is just uh, is just fed from Insta, so it's the same content. And that follow you on Instagram. Yeah. And are I you on so. TikTok? Oh uh, yeah, <laughs> I am. Um, I think I've only done about three things because I just. Look, I know TikTok is where it's heading, but I feel at the moment I just need to focus my energies on one yeah, platform. I know. It's hard. Um, I will just suggest, though, get your little stuff, download it and stitch it together and use it and make that a TikTok and then you can yeah. do it. just post that. Yeah, yeah. And then you'll be okay. Yeah. Um, I have I've had the most fun with you today, Lisa. You've been awesome and I'm so excited. This oh, is episode yes. 12 and we're currently at the time of recording this it's episode seven so I have to wait for five weeks for people hear this which is very oh. tricky um okay. <laughs> but um I know this is going to be very helpful uh to the small business owners that listen to it so thank you so much for coming on no worries thanks for having me on I so enjoyed talking to Lisa today from Curvature Clothing. I wanted to help you walk through how you could apply this to your business because obviously we don't all have a great bunch of murder stories that we can use in our stories. But before we do that, I want to talk to you a little bit about what we're doing a podcast about next week. So next week is just you and me and we're going to talk about how to get over marketing overwhelm as a small business owner. 
I know that for some of you, you might think, well, Rachel won't get overwhelmed, but trust me, I get overwhelmed all the time. It's hard work pushing through marketing when there's everything else you've got to do as a busy business owner. So I want to walk with you about how I do that, what my planning does, and I'm going to give you some really cool resources for free that you can download to help you also do that. So I'm really looking forward to that for next week. But let's get back to the steps that you can do with Lisa. So when we talk about our marketing map, Instagram stories are very much in that relationship building stage. People have already followed you and now they want to get to know you. So using stories to tell a story is great. And part of this involves planning. Now I'm poor at this. I don't always do it. But when I do plan out what my schedule of content is going to be, it goes a lot better. One of the key things is, is to see that face-to-face on your story is going to grow an engaged market than just sharing an Instagram image or something like that. So please remember to, to learn to show up. And if you're nervous about it, my top tip is literally put hands freeze on, have a little chat, record it and press live. Don't even worry about the captions app or things like that. Just until you get used to it and realize that the world will not fall apart, no one will die when they see your face. It's just a really important way to do that. But as you do that, realize that the more you share little stories and ideas, helps people remember you and helps people become engaged. And that's what relationships are all about, right? Helping people to interact with you and then you can get better and more enjoyable out of it. It's about just setting that camera, having a chat and learning to become more confident with that to build an audience that's engaged with you. I'm looking forward to seeing some of your stories as you try this out. So, you know, always feel free to tag me in at Identify Marketing so I can have a look. You can put like a little sneaky tag so no one else knows it's there. Um, And I would just really love to hear how you have taken some of the ideas from this. If you're enjoying this podcast, please rate and review it and join me next week when we talk about how to get over marketing overwhelm as a small business owner. Thanks for tuning in today to Map It Marketing with me, Rachel Claver. Make sure you hit subscribe in your podcast app so you don't miss an episode. And if you want notes or information about today's podcast, go to rachelclaver.com slash podcast for more information.